0: Welcome, it's Thursday, January 28th, it's another edition of The Ohioan, and I'm here with Craig and Brandon, as always. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Good. Uh, Brandon, I am so happy you did not come on with a blue shirt. <laughs> when, uh, Craig came on, Craig was wearing a similar blue shirt that I was wearing, and yeah. I'm like, man, if Brandon's wearing a blue shirt when he comes on, we are changing shirts. So, thank thank you for wearing a different color shirt, I appreciate that.
1: Um, it's great to uh, not go with the fray.
0: Well, well, trust me, we didn't call each other like Craig and I don't call each other night going. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? Yeah, I mean, it, we we didn't do that. So, yeah, it, 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 a very strange morning already So I was very <laughs>
1: close picking out my blue shirt.
0: Yes, <laughs> that it was like this clothes. <laughs> we, we would have had to take a couple minute break and change you know, all of us, and we probably would have all changed in the same color shirt. Anyway, Twin Thursdays. Love. I think it's
1: making yes. oh, it yes. a thing. Triple triple yeah.
0: birthdays. And anybody listening at home will have to wear a blue shirt too. It'd be it be really great. And we'll <laughs> we'll quickly we'll gain reputations we probably don't want. So well hey, um before we start, uh just to promo some of the stuff we have. Uh I talked to Laura Kessel last night on the Seinfeld Podcast. Uh we talked about the non-fat yogurt. Kind of crazy <laughs> a crazy episode. A lot of cursing. Why kids using the F word, Brandon? Which is really weird for a sitcom from the nineties. Yeah, um, they're all beeped it out. out. <laughs> yeah, they were all beeped out. I mean, they weren't you know full on yeah. F words on NBC at that time. But no, it, yeah, interesting episode. Just, should be good. Uh, yeah, so definitely check it out. Uh, check our sponsors, Chase Bank. Again, if you sign up for account. And attach a direct deposit to it use our link and you get 200 bucks so cheap way of getting paid while you listen to the show we have lava responses to check out and again check us out on social media and everything else um, subscribe and share with your friends so a lot of interesting things going on and as my phone is notifying like crazy right now I'm turning my phone down so all right Um starting out this morning um ohio state has a really good medical research department uh they do a lot of medical studies about stuff going on right now um it was interesting there was um, a new study coming out talking about covid and you know some people said hey this is too simplistic but then other people said hey it should work out Uh, they're saying that hard candy is a new way of finding out uh, and identify people that might be uh, infected with covid uh, it's always kind of an interesting study. I uh, dispatched a story about it yesterday and some people were like oh, i don't know if this is really scientific enough uh brandon what do you think about this study
1: uh you know it's it's um uh, it's just it's a it's kind of a fun one you know um and just kind of creative thinking and uh, it makes sense that's kind of all I could say Say really kind of made me chuckle.
0: Yeah, because the thought is with the hard candy, you know, they got different flavors. If you could smell and taste them, I mean, you know, smell and taste is one of the, um, you know, easy ways of telling, you know, if, if you're potentially have COVID. Uh, Craig, I want a pizza test. I mean, I guess hard candy is the easy way of doing it, but let's bring out the pizza. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think I would prefer pizza, although. I guess if you can't taste, then you'd probably not like to eat pizza because you want to be able to taste it. But, uh, yeah, this is kind of creative. Um, you know, maybe it gives people that are involved in this study a a chance to get some candy for free and, uh, you know, get some scientific research done at the same time. So it's kind of an interesting, you know, little uh, branch off from what we normally see with scientific studies. So I think it's kind of fun. And and there is, um,
0: to Ohio State's credit, there is more lasting studies after that too. It's not just say hey, eat this candy if you can smell it, you got COVID, or you don't have COVID, and if you can't smell it, you do. Um, I don't know. I, you think this could? Do you think this could be helpful down the road, Brandon? I mean, it's fun, but do you think simple stuff like this could be effective?
1: Yeah, I mean, like you know, it's something that we could all have in our households or simply go to the store and get and um um may maybe it's um some it's a quick it's quick and easy and um yeah i it's that's the beauty of it i think yeah and, and I'm, I'm good with this
0: i mean you know we we just got done with quarantine in our house and what my wife has a situation at school thankfully it it resolved itself nothing more happened of it but one of her fears was that that invasive test for covid you know where to stick something up your nose and everything and obviously you know you have to have a bigger test but i know this is kind of easier non tough way of kind of looking at people who may have COVID and who may not i mean it's a simple test but i think i think it actually works i think it would actually be good so I, I want to also talk about this. We spent some time yesterday. Um, Amy Acton is is considering a run for US Senate. Uh it was interesting. Uh the dispatch followed up on the Cleveland Plain Dealer uh story yesterday with an article of their own. Um Connie Schultz, who is Sher Brown's wife, was very enthusiastic about Amy Acton's chances with a tweet. And then yesterday we were coming up with some very interesting um People who could run against each other for Senate. I think the matchup was most compelling to me was the possible Amy Acton John Houston matchup and we thought, man, how would DeWine endorse what would happen? Well, Brandon John well, Lieutenant Governor Houston must have listened to the podcast because he immediately said, Hey, I'm not running for Senate. I, I think I'm gonna run for governor next. Did that
1: surprise you at all? Um, no, not really. Make makes sense. Um I think that was always kind of the speculation with the Dewine and um, Houston partnership is that he, I think that Houston was on the governor's track. I mean, there was speculation whether Houston would run, if um, Dewine would only run serve one term, and Houston would would run as the, the de facto candidate. But um, uh, I mean, I, th- I I I still think Dewine's going to run again for re-election. But um, as of now, I mean, there could be something that could happen until um that comes but um no this it's not super surprising um i think Houston is i mean it's for a couple of reasons one like i said you could probably count 10, 10 republicans on your or more than 10 republican candidates who could, who 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 could buy for the for the senate seat and so it would be it, it's going to be probably a crowded primary field um for a senate seat so um but um yeah, it's so it wouldn't surprise me if a couple said, "Yeah, it's, this it doesn't make sense for me."
0: Yeah, this article, um, Craig, and I thought this was interesting. Um, you know, we talk a lot about Jim Jordan this show. The article says that Jordan's sitting on a four point three million federal campaign account. That sounds like he could use for a, a Senate race. Uh, that kind of adds a little of intrigue. I mean, if you got four point three million, you could spend. Why not? I guess right.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's there and, um, you know, it it might seem like it would go hand in hand with him running for Senate. I I still don't know. I mean, I know we talked a little bit about it yesterday and and it may be beneficial to him to become a Senator as opposed to being one of, you know, 435 Congressmen. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm a little surprised that maybe Houston decided to pull out of this race very early on, but, uh. You know, maybe he wants, like Brandon said, he's on that track to maybe being governor someday, and, and maybe that's where he wants to stay, and that's not a bad thing. I, You know, I, I think it's going to be crowded either way you look at it. I think you're going to have a lot of people that are going to throw their name in the hat because it's a, it's a great gig, you know, so why not? Well, I think it was interesting, like Brandon was saying. I mean, there's a lot of people who say,
0: I'd be interested in being a senator, or I would be interested in a senator. He said, "Not just said, hey, I'm not interested in being it." He said, "Hey, I'm interested in re- running again for lieutenant governor with the wine, and I'm gonna run for governor." So he pretty much pot committed. You know, I mean, he's that's what he wants to do, and you know, like Brandon said, he's on the track. Um Brandon, there was an interesting name. I, it was too late for me to add it to our our show sheet, but Mike Coleman or Michael Coleman, I guess that's what he goes by, the former mayor of Columbus said he would have some interest. I mean, he hasn't committed to running, but he said people asked him and he's looking into it. What about that one?
1: <laughs> that's really interesting. He's been kind of um, been quietly hang, hanging out behind the scenes in Columbus politics for a long time. And, uh, you know, his attempts at playing footsie with running for governor – uh, years ago, didn't pan out. So, I, I don't know if Mayor Coleman's relevant in twenty twenty one in that sense. Um, at least said it on at, at the state level. I could be very wrong. I mean, um, but I don't know. I, I haven't really seen that much. Um, um, there might be some name recognition. It really would come down to how good of a campaigner he is. And I, and you know, he was he was Columbus mayor for a long time. So I think that. Um, um, And so, you know, I can still remember some of the things that the kind of the PR he did, (laughs) you know, tour for the city and stuff and kind of really did uh, develop a good faith being a face of Columbus in a way. But I don't know if it will if that will still transcend to the state level. Interesting,
0: Craig, and then Whaley, um, a person who I, I think is pretty much committed. I am going to run for something. What that something is she hasn't really committed to but she had an article in uh, cleveland.com they gave her opportunity to write a um guest column i guess would be the best term for it uh where she was kind of um holding republicans accountable for house bill six saying look it's time for all of us to do that so it sounds like you know man's making a push for maybe governor, right that, it that seems to be what you would talk about if you're making a push for governor
2: yeah, I think so, and obviously she was uh, sort of a strong critic there of Governor DeWine after he signed the uh, Stand Your Ground bill, so yeah, I think that's probably where she may be trending to right now, and, um, you know, I, I I think the governor's going to get a lot of challenge, um, and he's certainly going to get challenged in his own party, it seems like. I mean, you know, and, and it doesn't, doesn't sound like Nan Whaley's going to not throw her name in the hat here, so... You know, there's at least someone there on the Democrat side that you know certainly wants to to put a challenge up there in the state.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I like this talk. I, I like how different <clears throat> names are coming out each day, and I like how there's a lot of speculation. That's going to be interesting. I mean, you've got a Senate race up, and you got a governor race up, and I think there's a lot of interesting names already being thrown around. I think it'll be interesting to see who kind of ends up with this. I think it's going to be good. I want to vent about something, and. I sent you guys an article about the wedding planner, how they had a reunion. I'm sure you guys are probably like, why is Chris asking us to talk about the wedding planner? I've got a vent. All right. Yes. It's during COVID. We don't have, you know, travel's a little bit limited where you can travel around, but you can't, you know, it's a little limited for entertainers. Like if you're an actor actress or a comedian or anything else. And I think it's kind of cool when we first started uh, COVID and you you start to see some of these reunions. There were some really good, interesting reunions. But it sounds like everybody's coming out with a reunion. Maybe I'm missing something. I mean, maybe The Wedding Planner was this great romantic movie. I don't know. My wife and I were we were dating, I believe, at the time and we were into watching more romantic movies together and everything else. I don't think The Wedding Planner probably even made our top five or top ten. Nothing against J-Lo or nothing against Matthew McConaughey. But why are we now in COVID wanting to have everything be reunions? So they recently held a um, reunion for the 20th anniversary of Wedding Planner and I, I just don't get it, Brandon. Help me out a little bit. Was Wing playing a great movie, or, or are we just we don't have that much to do, so we're just having reunions for everything.
1: I didn't even know this was going on, Chris. So I can't really speak speak to it. It's maybe you're right. It's just such a niche thing now.
0: <laughs> right, and I didn't know either until I saw the link. I mean, I'm, I'm looking for USA Today for uh, entertainment store that we can talk about, and I'm sitting here like. The wedding planner. What what's going on here? I mean, to, do, the well, podcast as uh, "Stories That Outrage," Chris. Yeah, but <laughs> and I, I mean, it's fine. You could have a, re, a reunion. I mean, heck, we're allowed and, to have a podcast. It's America. It's a free country. You could say I want to do a podcast. Or, I want to have a reunion. I, I I'm just trying to sit here going. I guess i mean praise god for our freedom of speech and everything i i just i'm trying to figure out why this is such a thing i mean i think the reunions kind of have worn off a little bit because everyone's doing it like i don't know have you was there a good reunion that you've liked you like to
1: see during this time i don't really think i've watched any reunions
2: Sorry, Craig, go ahead. No, I think, uh, you know, like the Parks and Recreation one was pretty funny. Um, Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not really interested in these reunion type things, but, um, you know, I I like the Actors on Actors series for Variety that they've gotten, you know, rolling here. But yeah, do we need a wedding planner 20th anniversary reunion? No, no, absolutely not. The movie was terrible. I just, I don't see the need for it. You know, who cares if it's been 20 years since the the movie's release? It it wasn't Yeah, it it topped the box office that weekend that it came out and, you know, JLo was still really big as a singer at that time, had a number one, you know, chart-topping hit, but this movie was terrible. I don't I just don't see why we do need something like this 20 years later. I mean, no one We don't need we don't need this kind of stuff. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean about it. It's just we don't need a wedding planner reunion. You know, if Matthew McConaughey and J-Lo want to get together to talk about being actors, that's fine. But I don't think we need to talk about the wedding planner or anything like that. It just wasn't very good. Well, i got to be careful here
0: because the more we're talking about this, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm a a critic out here, I could say, why do we need the Ohioan podcast? Or why do we need – and you can come up with like 500 creative outlets that you don't need. I mean, I, I guess if you want to do it, do it. It's fine. It, did, it didn't really outrage me. It's fine. If you're a McConaughey fan or if you're a Jennifer Lopez fan, it's fine. I'm just wondering if we're kind of – oversaturating the market with reunion type stuff. Like, okay, I like Frazier. Not everybody likes Frazier. They had a Frazier reunion. I, I enjoyed watching it. But I, I get to the point where I'm like, with the more reunions we have, I I, I just didn't see the point. And I guess it's fine. If you like J-Lo, go with God. It's fine. Or McConaughey. But, like, this article is breathlessly talking about Wow, the uh, Jennifer Lopez talks about kissing Matthew McConaughey, and again, <laughs> now if you're out there and you think Matthew McConaughey is hot or J Lo is hot, okay, yeah, you might be reading the article, but I'm just sitting there like, and I think we're we're in the nostalgia. I mean, nostalgia's big right now. I mean, it's COVID. Uh, we hate watching the news and getting depressed about COVID all the time, so we want to go for something fresh that's in the. Background where you know COVID's not hanging over our heads, so you watch old shows like Seinfeld, Frasier, ever stuff like that. I don't know. I I just we're getting a little bit too into the weeds. Any other thoughts?
2: Just uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna hate on them for having a reunion. I know there's you know a lot of people are starving for new content. You know, actors aren't really working as much now. New movies aren't releasing now. So yeah, it's probably harmless, but. Of all the things that they can talk about, the wedding planner probably isn't one of those movies that needs a reunion.
0: Yeah,
1: okay, hey. probably. Probably this is how they got it together. Hey, I need, need some actors who's available. Right. They called up Matthew McConaughey. I'm free. And then they call up uh, Ben Affleck. Nope. Call <laughs> Jennifer yeah, Garner. Yeah,
2: I just kind of wonder James. who set this all up. I mean, I know it's the 20th anniversary, it. but oh, who thought of this up, idea? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just kind like what movie you know? were they in? What's the last movie they? Oh, were in? oh okay.
0: <laughs> so the Wayne plan just happened to be a shared project between J Lo and McConaughey, right? So yeah, okay, I, I I get that too, and like I said, I think it's fine. I I just you know, I I don't know. I, I guess there's a Wayne plan fan out there going, "This made my life." Thank thank goodness I got this together. But you know, I like the programs where it's someone you haven't heard of from 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it was a bit actor in a show, and you're like, man, whatever happened to this person? I've heard nothing from them. They're not on Twitter or anything. And, wow, here they are again. I mean, like, Conhei and J-Lo are all over the place. You know, so, I mean, I think you lose a little bit of that excitement. I mean, it's okay. It's content. I think we need content. We need content that's so not all fo- focused on COVID. I mean, obviously, we need to take COVID seriously, but it's good to have some fresh co- content. We're not thinking about all the crap going on right now. But, yeah, I don't know. It just it struck me as weird. Maybe. Yeah. And maybe this is the outrage, Chris. And maybe I'm manufacturing every reason to get outraged this morning. But yeah, I, I just it was weird. Like, the Wayne Plane didn't really do much for me. But, I don't know. Probably just me. But I also wanted to talk about this. Um, Super Bowl commercials. Usually uh, my team's not in the Super Bowl, so I'm focused more on the pop culture and commercials aspect of it. Uh, did surprise you, Brandon, that they've sold off ads already? Which I thought this year was the pandemic; it might be a little bit different, but I guess it's not. I
1: don't. I don't understand why this was a story because we're all going to be stuck at home and watching television. <laughs> watching, in fact, I don't even. You know, we're probably not having as many people at the at the game this year, so we're even getting more viewership <laughs> that increased those ratings. Though so I, I I don't know why there was any concern of uh, we weren't there weren't going to be. The ads weren't going to sell, sell out at all I mean, it's the one crazy event of the of the year uh tv event of the year uh where um or like one of the most watched programs every year i i and um so yeah it makes just sense to keep you know spending that insane amount of money for a 30-second commercial um you know she- i mean and they've gained such no a notoriety for for being uh, weird that people talk about them. Like there's like a commercial, They like, we now there's fandom for these commercials. There's like a, that we now can't wait to talk about them.
0: So you think it'd be better watched because we're not going to be at a big party. It's probably going to be like your family or maybe one close friend. So because of that, you're more likely to focus on the commercial than if you were at a party of a hundred people or something.
1: Well, I mean, I was making a joke. Like, not everyone's not, not as many people are probably going to be at the game. But you're, that's a good point too. Um, you know, we're not. There's not going to be as many watch parties. I've been to watch parties, like, not like, like, um, or well organized and planned, but just sure. to text and say, "Hey, you want to come over and watch the game?" Um, I go over, and then my friends start fast th- forwarding through the commercials, and the women are all like, well, But we love the commercials.
0: When I go watch but- parties. Everyone likes the commercials, but you you really, like, you see one part. You're like, wow, this actor's in it. That's great. You don't really focus on the whole commercial itself. Because I remember driving home and we're talking about the ads, and we're like, well, there was just one ad with this guy in it. But we didn't know what the ad was about. You almost have to kind of go back the next day to say, hey, was this a really effective spot? Yeah, you're right, Brandon. I mean, it shouldn't come as a surprise. I thought though th- there were some um, companies in recent days that said they weren't going to participate in the Super Bowl. Uh, Budweiser and Pepsi, just thinking that hey, let's give our money elsewhere. I mean, we're in the vaccine. It might not be a good look if we're spending a ton of money on the ad. And to be honest with you, I think it was that way during last year's Super Bowl. With everything going on, there was a a more serious tone to the ads than it was before where it's almost like you had to be serious with some of the stuff happening. I know COVID was happening during the time, but there have been recent Super Bowls where the ads have gotten more serious and people are like, well, I really want to spend all this money on that. It it, it just makes it tough. Um, Craig, are you a big Super Bowl ad guy?
2: Yeah, I mean, I uh, I think from my perspective, I, I, I like the commercials as a whole, but I also like to uh, kind of find out what new movie trailers would be premiering Uh, Super Bowl Sunday obviously that's not going to be as uh, prevalent this year because we just don't have new movies coming out very you know at least not in the first quarter anyway but uh, yeah I mean I'll I'll watch the commercials it's you know I can understand why you know Anheuser-Busch and Pepsi and and Coke are are pulling their ads for this year and either they're not going to do it at all or they're going to donate some of that money to you know help vaccination relief or you know spread the word on that so i think it's a good move uh you know and i can understand though why i think some companies may look at this as an opportunity because like brandon said there may be fewer watch parties you may have more people just watching the game because they're going to be shut in anyway so you know ratings could actually be up and it's going to be an interesting super bowl so you know it's it's possible that it might be a good idea to, to strike while the iron's hot here for some of these companies.
0: Brandon, I was thinking back to my old marketing days, and I I don't think you've been working in marketing before, but could you imagine if your company bought a Super Bowl ad and you were either the head of marketing or you were involved in the project, wouldn't you be freaked out? I mean, right now it's like five and a half million for a thirty-second spot. I mean, sure, if you have five and a half million to spend on ad, you probably are making a lot more than that as a company. But man, if you have five and a half million-dollar ad project, wouldn't you be freaked out to make sure that it didn't bog?
1: Um, no.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would yeah. just have fun with it. in his veins. Well,
0: I kind of <laughs> wonder. I wonder if like people's jobs are in the line with that stuff because
1: you know you think about other marketing projects and oh my yeah. gosh that would be the worst company to work for oh your your ad your Super Bowl ad is made the top ten worst ads in Super Bowl history pack your stuff and go home I mean what kind of company does that <laughs> it's like again it's five, five million dollars and but if BuzzFeed is and all these other outlets are ranking them as a as a terrible ad or Twitter is like, I I find that hard to believe, but maybe it's true, and it's just sad if that's the case. Like a thirty second ad determines your career in marketing.
0: Well, I I don't think it's as strict as that. Like we're just saying, okay, if you appear in the top ten worst ads, you're gone. But <laughs> it is a huge investment, and if it tanks, now if someone just says it's bad, they're trying to be snarky. That's one thing. But if you come with an ad that totally fails,
1: I mean, I, mean, I guess I, it depends I, on how the what what's the how you measure failure in that sense well i mean i've worked for marketing companies where
0: yeah they weren't firing people willy-nilly but i mean if your project fails you're in trouble i mean I, I worked for a direct response marketing company where they had these writers and these writers if they're if their ads the well they made easily above six figures uh because you know they were writing stuff that could be a multi-million dollar project but if their ads consistently failed... Now, again, if they were ad that didn't do as well, they weren't fired right away. But if their ads you know, started to snowball and weren't doing well, they're like, why are you here for it? I mean, you're here to make money and everything. I don't know. It, it just kind of... I, I'm with you, Brian. I'm not sure if it's gone as far as we're going to fire if the ad doesn't do well. But there's a lot of pressure out there for these companies and everything. And I think that's why they try to have fun and have a good time. But I don't know. It, it's interesting. But I, I kind of... I'm going to on the let's have fun part. I mean, if you're spending five and a half million a Super Bowl ad, you can't make it super serious. you got to have be goofy or involve the fans or anything. Craig, is there one thing? I mean, I know it's probably putting you in a spot to say pick your favorite Super Bowl ad, but was there one ad that really got got to you over the years?
2: Maybe not maybe not a particular ad, but I think with the for the first thing that came to mind when you said Super Bowl ads is it usually don't we usually see a really funny Doritos commercial, I think, and you know I think that that's one of the things that always comes up, not necessarily a specific Doritos commercial, but they always seem to incorporate a lot of humor. I remember the Time machine one where. You know, you had to pay a bag of Doritos to have the time machine work. And then all of a sudden, the old man comes out of the the house and, get off my lawn. And he thinks it's the uh, the kid that turned into an older version of himself. So that was probably one ad that's kind of stuck with me over the years. And I think Doritos always kind of comes with a very funny take on the commercial. And, you know, I think that's why they resonate a little bit more is because they're, you know, the humor in it. And I would imagine their marketing people probably don't get fired for uh, creating their their commercials.
0: Well, I like bring back the old, like, and why I say older music, I'm talking about songs from like five, ten years ago. I remember a song I liked was um, The Darkness. I believe in a thing called Love. And a couple Super Bowls, they had The Darkness come back and do that during an ad. And it was an ad for a phone company. Uh, where they were like all these cell phones are boring and everything and then like the darkness comes out and starts singing about I believe a thing called love and he's got the new phone and everyone's like singing along and it actually made that song kind of pop again for a little while too. So I'm all for music, you know, fun, trying to involve people and everything else. Brand do you have one that pops out as your
1: favorite? No, on the Doritos, it was the ki- the kid who smacks the boyfriend and says, "Oh yeah, don't mess with my mama, don't mess with my Doritos." <laughs> yeah, um, but um, the, and I think the what I think don't remember if this was Super Bowl ad, but this Betty White Snickers um one was was hilarious yeah. as well. I, I mean, there, I could go on.
2: I, could I go think on. there was a Super Bowl ad. Yeah, Snickers and Doritos usually bring the humor, and they they resonate. So maybe. And- that's a, a, the key out there for everybody. I mean, obviously Anheuser-Busch does the Clydesdales and usually they're very like, you know, um, sappy and, 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 emotional. So, but you know, Doritos and Snickers, you know, let's bring the, uh, bring the comedy. Maybe Pepsi and Coke should do that too. And, you know, yeah.
1: Betty White. Commercial. But I do like. Sorry, Greg. I, I was just gonna say, I do like, you know, the, the, some of the serious ones, like, you know, Clint Eastwood had some, had a great one a couple of years back. Um, I think it was for an auto uh, maker. Um, one of the mo- uh, American ones, uh, manufacturers. And um, it kind of spoke, though, to that, you know, we were just coming out of the Great Recession, and I think it was, or just we're slowly coming out of it. So I think it kind of, I like how sometimes they, the commercial segments weren't tone deaf, and it kind of was like a sort of a um, speak to the moment kind of era. But th- then there were some that fell flat, too, like, like a year or two ago, like they had like auto uh, dealer commercial bought like a segment of Martin Luther King's speech and ran it. And it was just like, unfortunately that one didn't hit as well because like um, it just felt one. It was like they bought the, you know, Mar- Martin Luther King's estate um, is you have to have, they, they're very protective and selling of the, of his words and his speeches and his audio and stuff like that. It's why the movie Selma, I believe couldn't even, Show this actual speeches of when they did the movie about King, but um, then the other one that kind of fell flat with me was when they try to do the nostalgia thing and brought in like the dude that uh, make um, Jeff Bridges do uh, his his dude character for Stella Artois, um, and then also um, oh I forgot her name, but the ca- her character from um, Sex and the City, and they instead of dr- ordering their 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 dr- favorite drinks, they just order Stella Artois, so it was like a um, that that one fell flat for me. So there were a couple duds that stick with me too.
0: We we have a few minutes here. I wanted to ask you because we kind of clashed a little bit over the past couple of days. In the weekend being the Super Bowl halftime show, I gotta ask you guys, what was your favorite Super Bowl halftime show, or what was one that stuck out, Brandon? I'll start with you. Was there one that kind of got you going
1: over the years? I, I would say the one that I never watched <laughs> was the Janet Jackson one. Because, like, uh, uh, here I am, sixth grade. I, I wasn't into football. I, I didn't I – had no – so Super Bowl was like, what Super Bowl? I don't really have any interest and in, probably wasn't even allowed to watch it all the way through if, if I wanted to. But the next day in school, that was all anyone talked about. <laughs> if, talk about feeling being clueless and being out of the loop of a pop culture move moment. It was, it was that one. Um, and then after that, I did start watching them uh, more and I was just like, you know, um, um, and there were some great performances. Lady Gaga, I guess I'll throw out her. It was, was one of the most recent ones I can remember. Um, Paul McCartney had a good segment one time. Oh, yeah. So, um, um, but those are the ones that come to my mind. <laughs>
0: The funny thing about Janet Jackson, at that time, the church that my wife and I were attending, they were really big into, okay, we're going to have a Super Bowl get-together. So we go to the back and watch the Super Bowl. And they were, at the time, it wasn't a very conservative church, but they were really big into the Super Bowl halftime. I mean, the alternative halftime. So what you would do would be they would send out, like, a 10-minute video of athletes sharing their testimony. So what you would do is... You're at that Super Bowl party, it ends, you stick in that video so people don't have to watch the Super Bowl halftime show, you watch the video of athletes sharing their testicles and everything. So the pastor was like, okay, we need to play this. So I play it, take it out, and this is the Jan Jackson halftime show. <laughs> take out the video, and at the end, it kind of, we went to TV right as it ended. And apparently, I guess it kind of was a aerial shot where you could see uh, Jan Jackson's nipple, you know what I mean, and nobody at that time knew. It wasn't like everyone was like, oh, well, you know, but it flashed at that moment that I took the DVD out. So we were trying to protect the church people from the halftime show, and probably the most objectionable halftime show moment came when I took the DVD out. So we failed, Brandon. Everyone was scarred, and it was rough. <laughs> so <laughs> that was my favorite part of Super Bowl Halftime Shows, uh, Bram. Br- I mean, Craig. What about yours?
2: I think probably Lady Gaga is sticks out to me. Um, you know, the Beyonce halftime show was really, really good too, and she had Destiny's Child come back, and you know, that was a pretty entertaining show. I kind of equate my my love for halftime shows for the entertainment value along with the music. If I like both, um, you know, obviously I like you too, and I like Paul McCartney, but you know, entertainment wise, you know. Lacking a little bit with Paul McCartney, but with J-Lo or, you know, or with, um, you know, people like Lady Gaga or Beyonce, they they tend to bring not only their best hits, but also um, they just, you know, simply have an entertaining show. Um, you know, I was a, a couple, you know, Justin Timberlake a couple of years ago was maybe expected to be one of the all time best, but it didn't really work out so well. Um, he, you know, he didn't really sing a lot of his, you know, older hits. And I think some people are kind of like, eh, his newer stuff, not as great. So but I think Lady Gaga definitely stands out from her. Uh, I think it was about four years ago now or so, but, um, she stands out. I think Beyonce stands out from a little longer ago, but, uh, those are probably the two that were the most entertaining along with the best songs out there. My top one was a surprise. Um, and maybe I'll be surprised this year by
0: the weekend. Bruno Mars, when he did the halftime show, I didn't know hardly anything about Bruno Mars. And if we were doing this podcast before that, I'd be ripping Bruno Mars to shreds, going, oh, who is he? He's not going to be good. Bruno Mars was insane that night. I mean, he did a great halftime show.
1: Uh, That was a really good halftime show. I feel bad.
0: (laughs) And I didn't know as much of his music and I'm sitting here and I was like, whoa. And I actually was like, you know, told my wife, you know, Hey, you got to come watch this." You know, we had on DVR and we were going back and watching it. It it was very surprising. The other two, and it's more of a joke type thing. Um, when they first started having various um, artists come on, it was 2001. I was looking this up as we were talking. Um, the Britney Spears, um, Aerosmith, and InSync Super Bowl mm-hmm. halftime show was just crazy. Now it's normal to say, okay, we're having this special guest come out and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the first year they did it. There were three over-the-top acts, and it was just insane. It was kind of funny. And then we had my sister, who doesn't know much about pop culture, was yelling during the halftime show. They look like girls. Who are they? And so she was making very strange comments in the background. They got us all laughing, and it was just—I you gotta look it up sometime. I mean, Brandon, that was probably a little bit before your time, uh, right? Two thousand one, the Britney Spears one. But you, you gotta check well, it out. Before I was watching anything. Yes. It, it was a fun Super Bowl halftime show. It's a 15-minute one. I'm sure it's out there on YouTube somewhere. I enjoyed that. And at the same level, um, I like Black Eyed Peas. Um, I, I kind of liked them at the time. Uh, they played a couple years ago. And my sister happened to be at that one, too. And she was yelling about, I hate artists that do other people's songs. Like, so the Black Eyed Peas would cover this, like, song from 20 years beforehand. And, and she got all mad. She's like, they're not allowed to do that. That's not their song. And so I was yelling back at her, don't you know what a cover song is? You're allowed to sing somebody else's music. And she's like, that's so wrong. And she and yeah, she just came from a church service. And I'm like, okay, when you sing hymns in church, is that your own music or you're singing somebody else's song? No, that's different. No, it's not. You're doing the same thing. But So it was great. So maybe it wasn't because the Black Eyed Peas were so great that night. It was a pretty epic argument between my sister and I, which was fantastic. So it was good. All right, I'm going to get in trouble for this next story because I'm the biggest hypocrite in the world. But I sent you guys a story. We we like talking about food. Marco's Pizza is debuting the Pizza Bowl. Now, they're saying no crust. We're going to put the toppings in and enjoy. Brandon, I saw that, and I got really excited. Now, I know what you and Craig are going to say about a week ago well, it was two weeks ago I was saying, hey, the Subway Protein Bowl looks interesting. And then I had it, and it just didn't look that great. But I think I'm in on the Marcos Pizza Bowl.
1: What's your thoughts, Brian? <laughs> Sorry, I was enjoying the silence. Um, no, I'm I'm actually excited. Um, you know, I would be not opposed to eating. Uh, Pizza is my one true love I cannot have all the time. So, um yeah, this is I'm kind of curious to see what they can what, what they kind of can do for instead of instead of the crust. Um it'd be kind of weird if it's just cheese pepperoni in a bowl. Yeah. But I think it has to be a little bit more creative than that, I would hope.
0: Well, in your diet isn't the biggest drawback of pizza is the crust, right? Yeah, we eat the bread. Yeah, so this has got branding all over it. We, we we gotta check it out. I, I gotta try it. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of excited about this. Um, Craig, are, are you a pizza bowl guy? Are, are you intrigued by this? Or are you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I like Marcos, and I I think um, it, it sounds interesting. Maybe a little pricey at 7.99, but ooh, I didn't see that. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a little. Seems a little pricey. Um, although it's 10.99 if you're in Southern California, so I guess we've lucked out a little bit. Um, but yeah I mean as far as you know Brandon asking about what's in there it looks like it's just you can choose up to four toppings and it's baked with the uh, sauce and the uh, signature three cheese blend so it doesn't seem like it's uh, too unique so I don't know I I mean I would try it but um, I guess I'm more of a pizza traditionalist just go with the crust you know we talked to Yesterday, about the Detroit style that uh, Pizza had done, you know, launching. And then here's Marco's delivering something with no crust. So, kind of a lot of different selection now. But uh, yeah, I'll try this. Yeah, it's interesting. So, I think this is
0: um, nationwide rollout because, um, you know, they were introducing it in a couple locations earlier. And it sounds like this is nationwide. Am I reading this right?
2: Yeah. Um, It looks like it. And they actually introduced this last year. Um, So I'm kind of wondering if it's going to be any different or if they're just kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe rebranding it so they can maybe get more interest. But, yeah, I mean, based on this this story, it seems like it was launched last year and maybe it didn't do as well. And they decided to maybe kind of rebrand it and hope that people might think it's brand new, even though it may not be brand new.
0: Brandon, they say, and you're, you're taking a look at the picture, they're saying it can feed up to two people. Now, are you looking at that? Do you think that's a two-person meal or a one-person meal?
1: I could see two people, maybe. Depends you know, you, on – on, uh, maybe on appropriate si- serving size or yes. satisfied. <laughs> the that might is- be different.
0: I heard the podcast topic. It made me laugh so hard. It was a guy and a girl on the podcast, and they were debating about Subway sandwiches. And the guy is like, a six-inch is a snack. And the girl was horrified, saying, no, the six-inch sub is a meal. <laughs> and the guy's like, a foot-long sub is barely a meal for me. So I, I kind of wonder. It depends, on, I guess, how hearty of an eater you are, if that you know, pizza bowl is going to be a one-person meal or a two-person meal. I'll tell you, the Subway Protein Bowl, you know, when we first talked about it, it looked very small, and for $8, bucks, i am like, oh, man, it's not going to fill you up. I will say it did fill you up, <laughs> maybe not with the, the greatest taste of all time, but, yeah, hey, it filled you up. It was good. So I may have to try that out. I think it's going to be good. Um, it, it's a good time to remind everybody. Uh, last weekend, we want to get more content on the website, so we were uh, starting some reviews um, we issue them as podcasts. They're not like 45 minutes or hour like we normally go, but they're yeah, just time for like uh, Craig was sharing some pop culture reviews. Uh, wanted to start to do that a little bit more. And some other uh, podcast hosts on our network want to contribute too. Uh, so Paul Ganchek, he's a pastor in the Pittsburgh area who does a stewards podcast. Um, he's sending me a, a review of the new Barack Obama book. Um, which would be We'll issue that over the weekend. So, Brandon, I may have to go to Marco's and try a bowl and film myself eating it. I'll let you know what what it's like.
1: (laughs) Just take a better photo. Take a better photo.
0: (laughs) I took a picture of what I saw. There wasn't that much. You Uh, took a picture.
1: (laughs) I don't know. How many takes did you do for like, oh, this is the best take, best, worst take ever? (laughs) It was 830. I
0: was tired I was chasing my daughter around <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I should take a picture from the podcast So I took a picture of
1: photographer
0: Well it's 830
1: <laughs> at night it's late I'm chasing my kid around <laughs> you know it's tough you know the Super Bowl a company for the Super Bowl and their marketing department hires you to like just go around and take terrible photos of their product. Well <laughs> now if, if someone wants to
0: say hey, we're gonna pay you, you know, some money to take a good picture. Yeah, I'll, I'll get the studio out, I'll get the lighting and everything else. But hey, it's <laughs> no, for a podcast. No,
1: no. no, it's for it's just gonna be your phone, and then like, it's gonna be throughout the night. It'll be like a, it'll be one of those kind of commercial deals where it's like a, a mini fe- a feature or a mini series or whatever. What series? One, you go to this place and you take a photo, then you come back for another one, take a shot. I had, and to, show pay. At the end.
0: I had to pay for the food. I tried to hey, don't you know who I am? When I was at the subway, <laughs> going, I'm Chris Pugh, uh, co-host of the Ohio. And you know, they didn't give me any food or anything else. So,
1: they got what they deserved. You know, they could throw company can throw a tagline out saying like, our phone, our food looks food looks better even when you some moron takes a terrible photo. Well, I, I mean, okay, if you're going to deliver
0: me some protein bowls at my house. Yeah, I'll get the nice lighting out. I'll make sure we've got the good filter on and everything else. But, you know, I had to go pay. It was a rough night outside. It was cold. had some screaming kids in the back. Hey, they got what they deserved. It's like Jenny's. I I made, what, like a five-minute shameful pitch for Jenny's last night. Well, Jenny's, you know? If you're going to give us some free samples, we'll, we'll get the nice photos out. But... If, you, if you're going to make me pay, I mean, I'm just going to take a quick cell phone shot. It'll be good. So, I mean, it's a good principle, you know? Nobody, I mean? Nobody's
2: perfect. It's yeah. a bad day, you know?
0: And you got to give back what they gave to you. And if they made you pay for it, hey, you're going to get a quick picture. Hey, I agree with you, Brandon. It probably wasn't the best quality picture of all time, but you get what you pay for it, or you get what you give the reviewer for. You know, come on. So, Fair enough. I. Yeah, and I think it's good. And we probably should do this on the reviews. Um, you know, if, if somebody gave you a book or something, you need to say, hey, the book was provided or, or something else. But when you had to pay for it, you know, you get, you get what you get, you know? So, Marco's Pizza, if I come out this weekend and get a pizza bowl, I'm not expecting you to give it to me for free. But, you know, if I'm paying for it, I'm going to take a quick cell phone shot and it'll be good. I'll try and make it good. I'm not going to intentionally try to rip the. Yeah, we're up to food, but it is what it is, you know. So, um, anything else we want to shout out or anything before our, our day is over? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I guess I've been honest lately, keep supporting local journalism dispatch.com, com, and Craig's here, the news what dash messenger.com,
2: right The news messenger.com. Yep, the news. Me-
0: well, there's a dash in there, it, right? It's the news.
2: <clears throat> yeah, we, we do use the dash. Yeah, we're, we're a dash. Right. Yep.
0: So, yeah, support local journalism. It's always important. Support the podcast. Um, again, on our podcast page where you're, looking at the, uh, where you're looking at our podcast, a lot of ways to support the show. Check them out, and we'd love to be able to continue to encourage you. It should be great. And then tomorrow, check us out um, – Jake Zuckerman is going to be on uh, tonight from Ohio Capital Journal. and He's excited. He's going to talk about militias and some of the protesters out there So in Ohio. So it should be good. All right. Well, thanks for checking out the Ohio. We appreciate it. You all have a great day. Have a good one.